Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Daniel Howitt's interview with the Grammy Award-winning star of the documentary film American Symphony, musical artist John Baptiste. Ladies and gentlemen, Grammy nominations were announced. The most honored artist this year with 11 nominations is Mr. John Baptiste, right there. I feel like we're living a life of contrast. Wow, what do you mean? It's just a lot. I'm always in awe of Zuleika, how she deals with hardship. My first day of chemo, his 11 Grammy nominations were announced. I won the biggest prize in music, come home. She's back in the hospital. This is what we're dealing with. John, thank you so much for taking time to talk to me today. I'm excited to hear more about the process of uh, shooting American Symphony. So, So thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Yes, indeed. Thank you. So I understand that the documentary really started as a a film chronicling just the writing of the symphony, not so much in in your personal life. But as the events of your personal life started to unfold, did it take much convincing to sort of shift gears and and cover both sides of things? Well, yes, yes. It, It obviously took a lot of trust. The film obviously follows us in ways and in places that Typically, there's not a camera, you know, therapy sessions from hospital rooms, from the bedroom. <laughs> I mean, these are not places that I typically would invite a camera. In fact, in my life, I've, I'm the most averse to this kind of thing. It's a surprise that it even happened, but it's one of those things we started out with this idea, the conceit of following the symphony, which is American Symphony to Carnegie Hall. And I'm reimagining and rebuilding the symphonic experience to play a piece that couldn't be played with a typical symphony orchestra, hand selecting musicians to be this new new age orchestra. And just going around the world to really meet my friends and collaborators and build this thing is what I wanted to do with Matt. Now I, I chose Matt because he is a, a an artist who does these types of war zone films and heavy danger films and unflinching honest films so i thought applying that kind of thing to a process film of this nature would be amazing and then a month into us deciding to do it together you know we get the news of of me being nominated for 11 grammys and also in the same week sulika's cancer diagnosis and it's like um a choice that we have to make as a family that we we talk about every week for the whole time that we're filming into the end, constantly reassessing, should we keep filming? <laughs> so that's how it literally happened. It was not by design, but, you know, Matt always says this about 
filmmaking, which one of his mentors told him, which I really like. He says, like, uh, if you if you end up with the film that you started with, it means you weren't listening along the way. So this process was a lot like improvisation, a lot like uh, like like jazz in that life is a lot like that art is life is art is life. Right. So this is what we ended up with. Were there moments along the way that you really thought you might pull the plug? Like, I, I think I might be done. For sure. Well, yes, but not, not having a sense of what this was to begin with. You know, when you invite a team into your life to document what's going on, there are many ways it can go. Well, Matt Heineman and his team, they embed and and it's not anything that I could have predicted. My family and I, you know, we, we didn't know. So like, and I didn't know what that would entail. There's 1500 hours of footage that went into making this film. So you got to imagine 1500 hours. There are moments where you definitely didn't want the camera on. There's voiceover in the film. The most of the voiceover is conversations that I'm having with my therapist or with Matt or with people who you don't hear the other side of the conversation. So there's no, there's no interview. <laughs> there's no, um, okay, cut for the day. Now we're going to finish. There was a moment in fact, where I was in the shower and we had talked about, and this is the dance that we were doing with um, the, uh, the, there were, there were three, it was Matt, Thor and Tony, incredible DPs um, that were with us. And it was one of them typically, two at most at a time. And we'd had conversations about, well, they want access, but we want limits. And, but we want to be open and vulnerable to dispel this notion of, um, of, of kind of a, a, a fake documentary, which would not be something I want to watch. So <laughs> it's like a dance, like a, a back and forth. And it's like, got to a point I was in the shower and the door is creaking open. And I'm, I'd never been filmed in that. I, I thought at that point it had been established non-verbally that this is the limit. So the camera creeps through the door. And I'm like, whoa, Thor, what's, what's, what's happening right now? <laughs> and he's like, don't worry. I'm, not, I'm, I'm only filming from the waist up. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. So it, it took some calibration obviously, but at the end of the day, you know, you always, you get these kind of narratives, these for illness, you know, there's the hero's journey narrative where a person comes out of their illness and they expect it to be, you know, better than ever, you know, better than before. And that's the kind of narratives you may hear or see, or, you know, it's a reflective narrative. I'm reflecting on what that was like to move through this. And Sulaika has really been, very intentional about wanting to share what it's like to be in the trenches of it and to be in the gray area of it. So for her, that was a greater why. And in supporting her in that, for me, the greater why that emerged inspired by her is that, you know, celebrity culture, man, and the epidemic of loneliness that we're living in social media, you see the highlights and you think that people in the public eye are exempt from the human condition. And that's not, it's a, it, it for me, it's a way for us to show that all of us out there face the same types of things, the ups and downs of life. And um, that 
that makes us know that we're not alone out here. And that was a cool thing to lend myself to for seven, eight months in, in the process of filming this, which allowed for me to just kind of, we it allowed for us to to um, trust Matt and the team and, and to let everything happen. And you, you, you kind of hit on this. You are a performer. Um, and so how do you both dispel the dispel the the myth of celebrity or the myth of of artistry while also being filmed like how how did you balance authenticity in those moments and being fully present for the real moments of your life while also having a camera pointed at you well some of the things you have going on in life they transcend your ability to focus on more than just that and you know whether it's the Grammy's performance while my wife is in the hospital back home or whether it's sitting in on the bone marrow transplant unit or whether it's our wedding or whether it's, I mean, <laughs> there's like so many moments like that. And in the heat of it all, you know, I'm dealing with all of this anxiety and all this expectation of this piece that, you know, I have the audacity to try to reinvent the symphony all at once, not just like one of those. And then you get used to having, which is a gift of, of the, 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 the team and the crew, they have such a small footprint and they have such a way of, um, you know, there's no sound person, there's no light person. It's just Matt with a camera and sometimes Matt with an iPhone. So he is able to be with us. And after a month or two, you don't think of it the same. And you're also trying to move through some stuff that's so uncertain we didn't think about making a film while he was filming. He was thinking about making a film. We didn't know how this film would end while making this film. We didn't know if it'd be happy and we didn't know if Sulaika would make it. Honestly, we didn't know any of what it would become. So we were really living life, hoping to make it through. And at best, if it didn't become a film, at least we'd have a chronicle of this journey for our family. And, you know, at most, it would be a film that hopefully has a, a um, bright ending and, and, and has some meaning. But at the end of the day, we don't have to put it out if it's not. If we didn't think like it's going to be on Netflix and we would partner with the Obamas and it would be. <laughs> you know, that's not that was after the whole thing was done. So it was kind of easy to not think about it like what it is now. And also it was a necessity because of what life was throwing at us. And and it's, it's so beautiful that you do have this, like you said, this chronicle of it, even just for you personally, having all these beautiful moments captured, which is really special. Obviously uh, another huge portion. Yes. It focuses on what's going on in your personal life, but also um, this act of creation and, and developing symphony symphony. I wanted to ask, I, I read some a couple quotes from you about the creative process that I think are so fascinating that I, I wanted to hear more. Um, I've heard you say uh, that the creative act is an act of survival. Um, I've also heard you describe music as a, as a spiritual practice for you. Those are both big statements about how you approach music and creation. I wonder if you could just tell me more about that, more about music as a spiritual practice and as an act of survival. Well, it's... I mean, it's evident, you know, for instance, it's fresh on my mind. I'm here in New Orleans 
that's why you see the bar in the back. <laughs> I'm in New Orleans and, and you know, in our culture, there's, there's so much that you learn about music as a spiritual practice, social music, music for when someone's born, music for when someone passes away, music as a part of the, the, the everyday happenings of life and as a part of the transitions of life. And it's ritualized. We live in ritual. And that's more than entertainment. That that makes it something so impactful. And I've seen the power of that from all the different performances I've done across the world, collaborations I've done, and the ways it impacts people when you're oriented to that kind of thinking about it. It gives people their their sense of um, agency in the creative creative realm because you know everybody can can find a way to be creative. Everybody has access to that. And it's, it's a spiritual practice, almost like it converts people to their creative. If they're not in touch with that, if they're not tapped in, there's something that there's an exchange that happens as an expansion. So I've, I've seen that and I, I focus on it, cultivating that. And, and um, you know, creativity as an act of survival is it, it it's it's a powerful statement to make something and make things with people who you love and make things in the midst of um of chaos you know it it, it in times of uh it, it's such a thing that that happens in the instinct of people in times of war and strife to have children to have even the creative act of of two souls coming together in the miracle of of birth and the creation of mimicking the creation of the universe creation of space and time that i see that all and and it's hard to, to quantify it. it's hard to put a, a metric to how creating something in the midst of chaos is a counteractive force it, it, it's something that happens in, in the invisible well, um, for this film, you also created a, a an original song to to go with the the credits. Uh, it never went away. I'd love to hear more about that uh, about creating that song, the process of writing it, and and uh, writing a song to specifically pair with your own story. Tell me about more about that process. I I didn't want to write a song for this film because it 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 was so it was such an honest film. By the time I saw the the, the final cut to write a song for a movie in general is, is easy to do because there's a distance, but you're connected to the, you can study the characters, understand. But when there's not that kind of distance and then I'm writing the song to culminate the film that is hard to imagine what that would be. So it was only until the last, the, the day before we premiered at Telluride, Matt came to Sulak and I and said, I changed the last scene and I'd only seen like a, a, a handful of cuts and this has been much more of a collaborative process for Matt than, and than anything he's at, had worked on as he would say, but still it's his film. He makes the decisions. <laughs> so he sent us a, a, a frame of the last scene that he had changed the day before the premiere and we didn't like it. And we told him that, but he's going to process it and do what he does as we'd had blunt conversations to build trust throughout the process of filming. So he was like, okay, well, <laughs> I, what don't you like? And I was like, well, I don't, the, the other endings he sent us before were amazing. So I was like, first off, those other endings were just, you were done. I think you're overthinking. And also like, there's something that's missing here. If this is going to be ended. 
and it came to the conclusion that well it there needs to be a song there needs to be something to culminate the score here which you hear is a symphony throughout and my diegetic music throughout it needs to evolve uh it needs to morph into a song it's hard to combine symphonic composition with songs in general so like how do you find that balance and have it be honest so i just literally approached it like i'm speaking to sulaika directly in the lyric and the theme of the piece the musical theme came from a theme of a set of lullaby themes that i composed for sulaika when she was in the hospital and she painted while i i would compose these lullaby themes and i they would play on loop in the room to make the frequency in the room feel more restful so that it could promote healing and um, drown out the hospital beeping and also kind of use those beeps and blend it into the sound, uh, but just to create something in there. So those, so those frequencies are, are present. So I took a theme from, from that and we built the song, Dan Wilson and I, and the lyric is me directly speaking to Sulaika, and that was such a honest and an organic way to reach the song moment and to culminate the film and to blend the score in song. You hear the score of the symphony, it it evolves into the song. Um, and that was all in general, that was just such an artistic achievement for me to figure that out with uh with Matt. So that's how it came to be with a last minute Hail Mary decision by Matt that we pushed back on and realized it's because it needs support. John, uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I really appreciate your work and I appreciate the vulnerability uh, that, that the movie showcases for both uh, people who are going through difficult times and also for creatives just witnessing the creative process. So thank you again. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Daniel Howitt's interview with John Baptiste here on the Next Best Picture podcast for American Symphony, which is now available to stream on Netflix and is up for your consideration this year for the Academy Award for Best Documentary Feature. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you all so much for listening, as always. And we will see you all next time. That's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? 
Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.